calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Like, if you turn on your TV and Terminator 2 is on, you're not changing the channel. That is just one hell of a moment. They did everything in camera. It's so good. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Cinefix Top 100, the bus that will explode if we go less than 50 miles an hour uh, before we watch 100 of the best movies of all time. Joining me, Cinefix's resident Bomb Squad supervisor, Alex Stedman. How you yes. doing? I'm great. Great. And Alan Ruck's stand-in, Michael Calabro. How you doing, man? Good, dude. How you doing? I'm doing great. Doing great. Thanks for thanks for being here again today, Thanks for guys. having us, you know? Uh, and as usual, our producer Dan has provided us with an envelope that I'm not allowed to open until we get to the end. Uh, so I don't you, know where this movie you ranks. You can't, but can I? I don't think so. Dan. Yeah. He's going to get mad. Classic Dan. Um, but we don't know where it ranks on our list, our, our bizarre algorithmically created list. But I'd wager it's somewhere near the top because it's Terminator 2 Judgment Day. And at minimum, I know that you're, you're nuts for this, uh, for this movie. Yeah, I, I've made little secret of it. If you've watched the show at all or follow me on Twitter or know me all person, at all personally, it's, yeah. Yeah, before I started this weird movie reference joke bit to it's, introduce no, good, you yeah. guys it was the bit was about terminator 2 stan yep. alex stedman but um so terminator 2 judgment day how excited are we to talk about this oh super excited right it's there's be- so much to talk about yeah perfect action movie it's I mean, like, we don't even have to hide that. Like, we're not even going to build up for that. Let's yeah. just start like, yeah. right now. It's like just we're to... going to dissect what is the most one of the most, if not the most perfect action movie ever created. Yep. Okay. So everything else we say through that lens, please. Yes. Um, but the pedigree, the basics, nuts and bolts of Terminator 2 Judgment Day came out in 1991. Of course, it was uh, James Cameron's sequel to The Terminator uh, that came out uh, back in the 80s. It was like 10 years prior to that. Eight, nine years? Something, something like, like that. that, yeah. Um, Terminator was like 84, right? Yeah, so not quite. I mean, it would have been so like, like five seven? or six. Something like that. Math. Well, 91 minus 84 is seven. I yeah. feel hey, like I we're getting it. into the weeds. Hey, can you do my taxes next year? Because <laughs> no, you're clearly more qualified. <laughs> no, I can't. I don't have time. There's too much to talk about. Um, but uh, 
yeah, I mean, the sequel to The Terminator, and, and this movie for me was just formative. 1991 mm-hmm. for young Clint Gage was, man, that was a year. Um, I mean, just a hell of a year for movies in general, by the way, before we even get into uh, uh, talking about this movie. But Terminator 2 was the biggest box office movie of that year. Yeah. Also had Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, which features a, a lovely Brian Adams track that mm-hmm. is still in my head. Home Alone was that year. Silence of the Lambs. Dances with Wolves. Backdraft was cool. Hot Shots was an incredible movie. Cape Fear. Cape Fear. Yeah. Beauty and the Beast. Kindergarten Cop. Uh, Boys in the Hood was in 91. Thelma and Louise. Point Break. The Rocketeer. 1991. Oh, Point Break too. Yes. JFK. Oh, my God. JFK. I feel like I have some good 91 representation on my list Nin- because I know, everything right? you just listed, I'm like, yep, yep, 1991 yep. Last was Boy Scout. a hell of a year for movies. Yeah. A hell of a year for movies. And Terminator 2, I think, like, destroys them all. Oh, yeah, in terms of, like, legacy and what you talk. Yeah. Like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's it's nothing but bangers up and down 1991. Yeah. It's Lots of rad movies, like, but there's only like, one Terminator 2. Mm-hmm. This really is a murderer's row a year. So, yeah. And it's wild. It's, yeah. It might be worth like a whole video at some yeah. point. Yeah. Like, wait, was 91? Was 91 the best? And, yeah. and so. Judgment Day just easily yeah. soars over all of them. Yeah. Yes. So it eventually won Oscars. It won some technical category Oscars for, for best uh, sound, best visual effects. Dennis Murin, Stan Winston getting named. Which we're we're going to talk, talk about them a lot. Plenty mm-hmm. about them uh, in the art of the scene section here in a little bit. Um, sound effects editing, makeup again for Stan Winston. Got he got uh, double trophies that night. Um, uh, but then it was also nominated for cinematography and editing. Uh, no best picture or director or anything else like that. But uh, I would argue like the nomination for editing, that's the one it got robbed on. Yeah, and we'll talk more about that too. Yeah, yeah. About like how skillfully cut this movie it's really is. So, it's There's so well frames edited. that yeah. if they were yeah. included. Would yep. have ruined everything. Well, yep. I will say, in one big snub that has always bothered me was uh, Linda Hamilton and Best Actress. So I mm-hmm. like looked up the nominees. It is a stacked year for Best Actress. Wait, Sons of Land, right? Yeah, yeah. That's, so Jody yeah. won. Yeah. Um, and then there was Gina Davis and Susan Sarandon Hell for Thelma yeah, and Louise. Mm-hmm. And then Laura Dern for Rambling Rose and Bette Midler for For the Boys. Like, that's a stacked category right. already. Rambling. This would have been 92's Oscars, right? Yeah. Right. Okay. Because mm-hmm. I'm like, wait, Rambling Rose. I was like, like uh, David Lynch, uh, dance, dance. You think about the Lord earned, uh, what was the? Snakeskin Jacket. Why am I blanking on the title of this movie right now? I don't know. Oh, um, the uh, Wild at Heart? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that was, a, that was the year. That would have been close. the previous year. the same time. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so this movie, sequel to The Terminator, obviously, uh, Cyberdyne Systems, Skynet, the AI that takes us all down, launches the war against the machines. Uh, robots coming back from the future to kill children who grow up to be responsible for the resistance. Yeah. For it's a, a raw movie deal. for a movie that's about time travel and and cyborg assassins and all of that stuff. This is a, a shockingly straightforward film too. It is and yeah. it's funny too when you consider like the Terminator is really more of a horror movie than Terminator yeah. 2 is. Like this one like it goes like complete genre train. Mm-hmm. Like it, like there are horror-esque scenes, but this is an action movie. Well, and it's it's the the same jump from Alien to Aliens. Oh, 100%. That, that yeah. James Cameron did. This time he's just making a sequel to his own movie yeah. that and and shifting gears into it too, but um but it made a ton of money. Um it, it was it was the biggest hit of a year like we talked about that had nothing but bangers yeah. in, in that year. So um you love it. 
I love unabashedly, it. unashamedly. Yeah, no, no. What was your, when was the first time you saw it? So I honestly didn't see it when I was a kid. So for context, I was it came out before I was born. Um, and sorry it's, to no, no, it's it's fine. <laughs> we're it's gonna fine. do that. A I lot. Keep, it's in my own fault. I keep asking you guys. <laughs> when was the first time you saw it? And you're like, well, I, I was, was in college I didn't exist because yet, I was. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, uh, well, I was I was 11. So. No, but the way I was introduced to it was like very unceremonious. I specifically remember like being in high school and catching a glimpse of it on cable, like on FX or something. And being like, oh, I'm kind of vibing with this. And I think I caught up to it like midway through. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, all right, I got to go back to Blockbuster and check this out because I was really digging it. And I just immediately clicked with it. I hadn't seen The Terminator. Um, Didn't bother me at all. And of course, I went back and watched The Terminator afterwards. Um, But yeah, like ever since then, it kind of became like my comfort movie. Like I watch it at least once a year, turn it on when I'm just cleaning or something. No, I love it. Yeah. Same question, Caliper. Yeah. I mean, I've. This is also dad DVD territory. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. a big like, dad DVD. I, like, this is probably like the line between you and me because I was alive when this movie came out, but I wasn't, I wasn't theater going. Yeah. My first like cognizant memory of being in a movie theater was for Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. So this mm. is like right on the cusp of me just not being old enough yeah. to be yeah. in the moment. And, uh, I, I, I came to this like in DVDs and stuff like that in like the late 90s when I was like 11, 10. Yeah. And like, this is the thing. This is the thing. Like, you just rewind it and watch scenes. To your point, right? It's like mm-hmm. perfect to just throw on. You can turn yeah. this. Mo- you can turn mm-hmm. this movie on at any time and just get sucked in. Like, if you turn on your TV, if you have cable, and you turn on like, and Terminator Two is on, you're not changing the yeah. channel. You're and sitting like, down and watching a little hell bit. Yeah. And this also like came with like, this is like one of those DVDs too, which like had incredible bonus features. Like, this is like the movie that's like, oh. Bonus features. These are a thing. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. the, the Calibro's like slow descent into like <laughs> how I like movie special effects and how things are done because yeah. it's like the peak behind the curtain. Yeah. It was intoxicating. I mean, this is the movie for that though. I yeah. feel like that was like part of the sell. It was like, yeah, you're going to see the sequel to The Terminator, but apparently the special effects are incredible well, and it, they are. But I'm like you. I, I came yeah. to Terminator 2 before The Terminator. I also yeah. went. Yeah. Did you, did you see no, the Terminator? No, I did too. Yeah, yeah, I saw Terminator 2 in theaters but way before I... Terminator was a movie that I saw bits of on TV. I remember seeing the uh, the Terminator get up out of the fiery car tra- That's, yeah. crash at the end and being terrified of that image. And then it wasn't until later when I went back and watched the Terminator that I was like, oh... That scary thing from several years ago that's actually yeah. from this movie. I got it. It's but. actually kind of fun to watch T2 first and then go back. Well, yeah, and, I think yeah. that's the way now, right? I think it is, yeah. Right. Yeah, you don't need the Terminator no, to enjoy Terminator 2. I mean, there is a few. there are a few little bits of shorthand that get used, but not really. Yeah, like, everything I, is nicely explained and, and yeah. done in a way that's not like you know, really expo dumpy, right? Like you get every bit that, you know, Dr. Silverman is giving people a tour and showing off Sarah and, and catching these other visiting doctors up on her case. And it takes, it takes 30 seconds and then that's it. Yeah. Like, you know, everything you need to know right there. And yeah. it's an organic way to do it. You know, so like, uh, you don't need to watch the no. Terminator really at all. In and the same I, way you don't yeah. need to watch alien to get aliens. No, like, we were just James watching. Cameron's a, a really good sequel maker. Well, that's yeah. kind of his thing, right? Yeah. Like I've read interviews with him where he says like, I, if a good sequel, you shouldn't have to watch the first movie. Three billion human lives ended on August 29th, 1997. The survivors of the nuclear fire called the war Judgment Day. They lived only to face a new nightmare, the war against the machines. 
I mean, let's just let's dig right into the art of the scene section of the show here, and mm-hmm. this is from the top of the the movie. Yeah. The, the cold open with the, the future sequence and all the skulls and everything. Yeah. What's, like, great about that is just, like, all the different, like, filmmaking techniques they use for it, right? So, like, the crushing skull, that is actually, like, forced perspective that they use to get all that stuff done. And then, like, later, you'd think that they would use, like, blue screen and stuff like that, which isn't, like, a new technology. You know, like, they use that in, like, the Star Wars stuff, yeah. which is, like, mm. where Dennis Murin came up. But, like, you know, Cameron didn't really like that so like he did all of those effects in camera in order to do that they basically had a like russian doll a lot of these kind of shots so like they would for example like the scene where it's like multiple t100s like shoot like shooting like a wide shot and like a wide shot right so it's like the ship comes and that is a miniature and then they rear project that shot onto a miniature like a full frame miniature that they like stop motion animate right yep. and then they combine those two and then they rear project that onto a onto another onto another screen where Stan Winston has the big like life size right. one and then that's where that one's shooting too and it's wild yeah. to think that like it's like we need to make six like four or five different shots to nest them all so we could just rear project them one right. on top of one one behind the other to get it and it's like that's why there's like no like matte lines or anything mm-hmm. like that it's just like super clean and super nice because they did everything in camera even even the lines where you know like there's a, a heap back mm-hmm. there and that's where the project projection yeah they use it as a natural but they do it at night and it's smoky and like yeah. all of these things like the way that, and this is what we're talking about when, like, this era of filmmaking was so good. Yeah, he knows how practi- to obsc- The 80s worked out any kinks at all with practical effects wizardry. Like, in all of the, you know, every, every you know, John Carpenter movie, it was just, like, another advance in what we can pull off practically. And then the CGI is really coming into its own. But that opening sequence where today it would just be, like, you know, a whole bunch of planes flying around up there in the background. But they, the way that they did it, like, shooting three separate shoots like mm-hmm. two miniature shoots combined with a one live like it's just the one terminator that's yeah. like yeah. full size in yep. the foreground it's incredible it's yeah. amazing and it's just like the nice thing about the cgi there is like it was enough that like anything could feel possible but it couldn't do anything right. so it's mm-hmm. like the limitation breed like bred the most creativity right because yeah. it had to use a little bit of both yeah and it wasn't a universal tool that could be just used for anything well that's kind of what i love about the terminator or terminator 2 and when it came out it kind of came out in the sweet spot kind of what you're saying is like the visual effects existed much better than they did in the terminator uh but they also like had to get creative with things they couldn't do or things they couldn't afford so it's like a perfect mix of kind of like creativity and also new te- new technology also it's kind of funny it's just like hey robert patrick we're gonna need you to get down to your underwear and we're gonna just like we're gonna just put a grid on your body and then we need you to walk down the street in direct in daylight just yeah. all the time yeah yeah that was a like in thinking about that in terms of just comparing that to what he puts you know zoe saldana in for yeah. for avatar like yeah like the early sort of motion capture thing it's just robert patrick walking around yeah. in his it's just like really funny right yeah. like, cause like it's, you, it's just like just in the parking lot outside the 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 studio ilm animators were just like all right we got to figure out how these atats are gonna walk so like let's get an elephant and then right. like five years later ah get robert patrick out there in his underwear <laughs> in his get under- yeah. you don't I mean, need you need Robert we're paying him for today right like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just get him out there. and we'll talk about this more later too but it's like 
Stan Winston and Dennis Murin working together on this that paves the working relationship that makes like the T Rex and the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park possible. Yeah, mm-hmm. two they years like later. you shared an Uber from yeah. Terminator Two over to Jurassic Park. Like, yeah, hundred percent. It happened pretty quick, pretty pretty much back to back. Yeah, we keep saying we'll talk more about this later, but let's just talk talk about it now. Like, what do we, we can't <laughs> we can't talk about everything later. Let's, let's what uh, what else are we going to talk about? Art of the scene wise, what's what's your next favorite brilliant brilliant moment? I can I know what mine is. Fire it's away. my my favorite scene in the whole movie, and that bar is very high because there's a lot of great scenes. Sure. It's the first showdown between the two Terminators. Get down. And I really wish I could like wipe my brain to have never seen Terminator Two, and know nothing about it, but have seen the Terminator because like. You get so far into the movie without knowing that Arnold's not the bad guy anymore. Yeah. And they really, like, I'm sure it was spoiled in all the trailers because you can't well, advertise that movie without there's like it. A, there's like a weird Mandela effect, Berenstain Bears kind of sort of, cons- not conspiracy theory, that's the wrong word, but there there are people that are like, well, you didn't even know until the theater, the no. trailers, and it's like, no, you, you did. Knew. You did. You knew. Uh, I've gone like, back I think and watched the, the, the trailers. For the very first teaser or something was just like, you know, just a few images of the Terminator and also Arnold saying, I'll be back. And that was it. And so yeah. like, but when the trailers that came out for the proper story, like you knew what it, you knew what it was. Come with me if you want to live. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Terminator 2, Judgment Day. This time he's back for good. Trust me. You know, he yeah. was he was a oh, he was yeah. the hero by then. Yeah. He, had just, he was coming off a kindergarten cop. So like eighty four, eighty four was his like frankly last heel turn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but like I love that scene because uh, you're walking through this mall and it builds the little tension of like you know Robert Patrick going through and like showing John's picture to everyone, um, and then them escaping, and then they come in that like hallway, and they have that nice moment where you realize Arnold is protecting John. Yeah. Get um, down. Get down. Yep. Then they just start, start shooting each other, and you get that amazing, like, when they shoot the T-1000, how, like, the bullets heal up. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just a fantastic yep. scene. And then that's my other little favorite little Robert Patrick beat is when he throws him through the window. And yeah. And he's, he's in the... In the store, and he looks, and there's a, a mannequin that's like yeah, with a and silver he's like, head, and he gives it a little like. Eh. I don't know you. It's just such. It's such a funny little. It's like a like a tiny little dose of arrogance in, oh, yeah. in what we assume to be a completely unstoppable villain. So it's like yeah. a, a little chink in the armor where we can see like, okay, maybe he does have a weakness. Like, well, that's pride. Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> pride is his Achilles heel. I feel like Robert Patrick's performance, as much as it is like praised, I feel like it's a little underrated just in terms of how much like he injects a little bit of personality into mm-hmm. this personality-less T-1000. I, I think it's incredibly underrated, because yeah. particularly up against Arnold's. Yeah. Like, Arnold's is, is just straight straight ahead totally flat yeah you know mm-hmm. he picks and chooses a few moments in there to 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 be a little more human but robert patrick for that this whole movie is just flat but it looks like a choice flat. oh yeah. You, yeah you think about the things that he's doing not the things that he's not doing yeah like it, it doesn't look like oh there's somebody not emoting it's like oh that's a robot thinking exactly you know yeah so. But yeah, he can incredible. be like a little more human than Arnold when he wants to be. Like when you have yeah. that scene of him talking to John's foster parents, like he actually seems like not a robot right. in that yeah. scene. Right. Say, but that's Al- a nice bike. That's yeah. a nice bike. <laughs> but I also think that's kind of like the point, right? Is that like the whole arc for Arnold's Terminator is that he kind of slowly discovers some semblance of humanity. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And yeah. By the it, end, yeah. he knows now why you cry. 
just <laughs> trying to smile. Exactly. <laughs> no, no but not the, in the theatrical version, no. No. Uh, no, but then that great mall scene is followed by the car chase, chase scene, which I think is just a perfect sequence of events. Um, well, that, and that, that's the other thing, too, about this movie is like there, and we even uh, we timed some of them. I that's didn't, right. I didn't time the, the mall sequence. Which I like, think is the best one, actually. The, the There are three just enormous basically real-time sequences yeah. in this movie. Oh, they are there's, real-time, there's you're the right. Mall, like, as he gets to the mall and as they find each other, yeah. and then that leads directly into the escape down the L.A. River. Yep. Um, there's another, the hospital escape, where mm-hmm. they go and break Sarah Connor out of the mm-hmm. hospital. Is, into the car that, That's the one that we timed. That's, uh, it goes from minute 50 to minute to an hour and six. It's 16 straight minutes of... Just action. Like, yeah, of yeah. Ten, tension and action. See, it's yeah. not all, like... Multiple locations, around, but, yeah. And the other thing, I mean, let, let's just talk about that sequence real quick. Oh, love to. Because the hospital break, uh, not only does is it is it basically the midpoint of the movie. It's, like, yeah. right in the middle. Um, and then it does a little bit of everything effects-wise, too. Because mm-hmm. that's the moment where you start to see some of the more... Some of the versatility of the T-1000. Like, yeah. that's the one where he's flat on the floor and the security guard steps on mm-hmm. him and then the floor kind of I got I got a full house yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's great Louis um, <laughs> then uh, then it's got the the one scene that I think is, is, is the most important shot in the whole movie honestly is him walking through oh, oh, with the, so the, the great yeah, and then the, the gun, gun gets stuck behind him I, that shot is incredible because number one, like it's that is an effect that we had not seen before. Oh yeah, anywhere ever. Like it was it just like it, and it, that was it was like one of those moments that not only is like here's how the T one thousand is is incredible, but also like here's what we can do now with movies. Yeah, guys. look at this. Like, yeah. Look at this. <laughs> it's so cool that they actually have to give you that shot with the gun to just be like, yeah, that happened. Yeah. Because uh-huh. right? it's just like, they walk yeah. through the bars and then it's just like, wait, uh, 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 the gun's yeah. stuck. Oh yeah, he just walked through friggin' bars. No, that, and that little gun like getting yeah. stuck, stuck in the bars is such an important little like yeah. part too. Because like also, like we were saying, like Robert Patrick looking like, like having a personality, he like looks at it like he's annoyed. Like, hey. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then also, yeah, like you said, it just really reiterates that like we just saw a man walk through bars and also the fact that dr silverman sees it is yeah. wonderful oh and yeah it's wonderful because that's every every the last year however yeah. many years worth of him uh just doubting sarah connor, sarah telling, connor telling her she's crazy yeah yeah, yeah. And, and seeing it all as like nope it was totally real this whole time like yeah. what happens to that man mentally after the events of this movie i mean <laughs> fascinating like i want that i like that needs to be a uh you know a, a hulu miniseries or something yeah i just really like reading how folly artists make the sounds uh apparently they made him walking through the bars sound by uh pouring out like wet dog fruit food from a can oh yeah yeah like yeah it's like when you, when you it's like a the... slop it's like yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like yeah yeah it's that like sort of vacuumy kind of yeah yeah that scene also has a very good other shot of Sarah uh, meeting the T-800 yeah. again for the first time. It's like we get like three T-800 reveals in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like when we first see him, um, when he meets John for the first time and we learn that he's a good guy. And then when he meets Sarah, like there are three big, really like this is him moments. Yeah. Yeah. And her just like gasp and falling to the ground. Like it's such a good moment. So fast forward just a little bit in this hospital sequence. Cause mm-hmm. again, this is a 16 minute 
a real-time yeah. sequence right in the middle of this thing. Shortly after this, you get the headshot. Like oh, yeah. He, oh, yeah. Where it's oh, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, T-1000 runs up, opens the elevator, and Schwarzenegger's there with his gun, and he shoots him straight in the head, and the head splits oh. open, and it's all it, goopy and weird and, and kind of twitchy and everything. Or is it? This is where the editing academy award was a it was a shame that it didn't mm -hmm. get it and this is just one of many examples in this movie because you can like frame through that that sequence and when they cut around to the back yeah. uh and you actually see the head explode it's not it's really unceremoniously done like the seams absolutely show you can pause it and you can see that it's a dummy head and you can see that it's already kind of scored to explode mm -hmm. and i mean you can see it right there it's just like the silver stuff is hanging out or whatever but it's only there for frame and a half tops yeah. like it's there for very little time because the f cameron and everybody else working there knew exactly like i need this for one frame and then i need it to pop and then I can cut back around to the other practical element. Well, that's what he's so good at, though. Like, he will go the extra mile when he needs to to get a shot that he wants. But he also knows when to, you know, yeah, just yeah. do fancy tricks and yeah. be smart about it. You got to respect that, too, yeah. right? Because, like, he totally knows it's going to work in the edit room. And, like, to shoot all of that probably took, like, three or four hours, right? Because, like, mm -hmm. they have to get the setup. They have to shoot Arnold do taking the shot. Then it's like, all right, let's reset, readjust the they lighting. Make the whole, the whole make hallway blue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> re There's re so much blue Readjust the lighting. Just be like, all right, ready and action. And then the like the things like the head just splits, yeah. and then it's like, okay, cut. And then like they go like, and then it's just like, man, we just spent all this time. And then in the and then the, like the editing room, like however many weeks later, yeah. right? It's just like, yeah, cut it there, and and like cut five frames off it right there, and mm -hmm. it's just like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it just works. I mean, it's just a, there's just a single frame on screen before it, yeah. it, it pops. And, and it's so obvious if you're just looking at that frame out of context, which I mean, there's a there's a sense that, you know, Cameron did is like he did everything good enough, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. but but also he did it so skillfully because like there are, there are a handful of other moments like that where you can kind of kind of frame through the sequence like we were doing it with the, uh, at the very end when. The T-1000 like shoves a knife yeah, yeah. through a guy's back and just kind of framing back and forth and trying to figure out like where the knife goes. And you can kind of see the knife bend back into place a little bit. And mm -hmm. is that a dummy or so? I don't know. But it yeah. looks, I mean, it all looks great because he did it exactly enough, like exactly as much as he needed to do to get away with it. And he knew exactly how many frames he needed. Yeah. It's James really Cameron, he makes expensive movies, but they could be more expensive. Yeah. So much of this whole movie is practical. Yeah. Like, and it's and in our sort of collective memory of this movie, it's one of the best CGI movies of all time. It yeah. won best visual yeah. effects. Yeah. yeah. So the rest of that sequence then is uh, them running through. You get We get this cool, like, he blobs down through the, the top of the elevator. Oh, yeah. And so then we get to see him, like, goopy and then stand back up and reform. And then we get to see him running. Yeah. Uh, we get more of the cool, like cool um you know silver kind of squibs mm -hmm. which are all practical by the way that's like really yeah. fun it's yeah. like the the squib pop is practical and like done on set mm -hmm. but then the heel is cgi right. and so you, you then get the sense of how unstoppable he is because he's running he and then he turns his his arms into the uh hooks yeah basically he's grabbing onto the back of the car so from the time that uh, john and the t-800 show up to the uh, hospital mm -hmm. to the time where that little piece of metal like soaks back into the T-1000's foot. Mm -hmm. 
is is 16 minutes and change. And we haven't even talked and about all of it. That's all yeah. real time. Like yeah. that ha- so much happens. Not only so much happens narratively, but so much is happening with like the filmmaking techniques. Oh like, yeah. It, it's it's an incredible chunk of a movie. And the stakes of it all were I want to get my mom back. Yeah. He just wants his mom. He just wants his mom. The yeah. reason that they went there was like I got to get my mom out of there. Yeah. But that's a good point. Like as much as we talk about how great the filmmaking is in that scene, like I love how much is going on there. First of all, you have Sarah being a badass and breaking out of prison and you get to appreciate how like ripped she is and how much she's been training. Um but you have to imagine like you know, if you have seen The Terminator, you know how devastating that would be. But then she sees her son, and then they're getting out. And you have to, like, imagine how she feels that entire time. And it's like, there's a lot happening. Come here. I said it was okay. John, it was stupid of you to go there. God damn it, you have to be smarter than that. You almost got yourself killed. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. By the way, is that like some like proto Tom Cruise marketing? Because like, like let's get into Lin- Lin- Linda Hamilton for a minute. Because like a let's big, do it. a big marketing stunt on this movie was like just how like like how much physical training she did for the role, how mm-hmm. much weapons training she did for the role. And it's just like all of this, like, you know, I've done all of this stuff to get in the mindset of this. And it was just like a big thing. Like even in like, even in the special feet, in the bonus features of the DVD, it's like <laughs> they're interviewing her yeah. at a gun range. And she's just like firing all these weapons. It's wild. Yeah. yeah. But we, one thing we haven't talked about, and this is before the scene that we're talking about is the initial Sarah Connor reveal. Yeah. And you yep. just like see her like back muscles and she's doing pull-ups and she like just turns Absolutely around. Absolutely jacked. Yeah. yeah. So jacked and like such a giant difference from the Terminator. Like you could do a side-by-side with like the bad hairdo and the Terminator and the, her just being a bad, like completely different character. And I feel like that was like, even seeing it as a teenager in like the 2000s, like I feel like that was a formative moment for me. Just yeah. like seeing like a female action star like that who I probably hadn't seen since like Ripley. Uh, ironically yeah yeah um but oh my god she's such a badass for years my mom wanted linda hamilton arms you gotta work for those her her exercise goals were like i just want linda hamilton arms never got them never got close it's it's not easy (laughs) yeah (laughs) no um but i mean all of that stuff i the other thing too about this movie is sort of the legacy of this movie where she's concerned is like that was kind of it wound up being to her not to her detriment that's the wrong way to put it but it wound up it painted her into a corner Mm -hmm. that she couldn't really get out of like every apparently every offer that she got after this movie was all just 
you know, big action star stuff. And they were like, you can be the, the female Bruce Willis. And she's like, I don't want to be. I just want to, like, part yeah. of the thinking of, I saw an interview with her, where part of the thinking behind all of the work she put into it was, you know, I'm going to do this to show that I can do anything. Yeah. Like, look at how versatile I am because I can, yeah. I can commit to this role. And all it said to, to anybody that wanted to cast her in anything was like, oh, you're a badass. Great. Yeah. Let me put you in badass stuff. And she's like, no, I don't, I don't want but it's also that. like have you seen the terminator where i was like a scared little damsel right. essentially like yeah she can do both yeah. she's a phenomenal actress yeah and it's a thing that it's it's a real real drag because yeah. it's a thing that she never really Wanted recovered yeah. from or was able to to break out of like, yeah and you saw arnold obviously get a ton of roles after well, that but yeah yeah i mean yeah. how many how many interchangeable I mean, you yeah. have that whole story of, of like Arnold and Sylvester Stallone and during that time, like yeah. pranking each other into yeah. taking roles. Like yeah. it was just nonstop. You can have as many, uh, as many dude action stars as you want. Yeah. But. No, it's fun. And I remember when uh, I saw Dark Fate, which I actually liked. I don't know what everyone's so mad about. I didn't mind it either. I thought it was yeah, I thought fun. it was fine. Yeah. Um, but like, no, she was also very good in that. I'm mm -hmm. like, how many years of like great Linda Hamilton acting have we been robbed of? Because yeah. she's just such a good actress. Like having her and Scorny Weaver would have would yeah. have been great. Yeah, yeah, we could have both. We, There's God room forbid, for we both. We can have both. Yeah. yeah. We haven't talked. We kind of skipped past it. I still love like the very beginning bar intro mm -hmm. where you like see like Arnold show up naked and then yep. show up in the bar and it's like almost comedic because it's so ridiculous um, no it's for sure comedic because then he, he was walking around and through the the Terminator vision or yeah whatever. my favorite moment in that whole sequence is the woman the waitress like checking turns him out the corner and she goes oh <laughs> like it's such a practiced oh <laughs> who is that, that like i gotta you know i wonder how many takes they got of that before yeah. it's it was either perfect right out of the gate or they did it all night long until yeah. they got it exactly right listen every single person in that scene understood what was needed of yeah. them and they yeah. did it he's obviously a threat in this scene but the way that they frame it like you kind of understand right away that he's not the good like he's not the bad guy like yeah. it yeah. wouldn't be him walking in this bar to bad to the bone if he was really the bad guy <laughs> the, the stakes are the too low <laughs> such a such a dad music cue <laughs> it's such a 90s music it really cue. is i mean every uh, how many movies have used bad to the bone on Problem the nose child. like that. Like literally yeah. all of the movies, you know, I, I think when you get a deal to make a movie, you have the option to use bad to the bone. Yeah. Honestly, um, everyone has really good intros. Like we haven't talked much about John Connor yet, which is fine. Uh, he's not like the biggest part of this movie. Um, but even is, him, is that weird that I, he's not the biggest part of this movie? I don't know if it's weird. Like no. I, I feel like it's, I think it's fine, right? Yeah, it's yeah. fine. I'm fine with it. But even when you first meet him, you just get the vibe immediately that he is such a little brat. Like, he's like, you're not my, she's not my mom, Todd. Like, it's such a good. By, by the way, the, the name Todd, Todd is like the easiest name to. Say disdainfully. Yeah, yeah. To Todd. be a real, li just a little shit. Yeah. I mean, like, Sorry to any Todds, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's not your fault. Yeah. But it's your parents' fault. It's your parents' fault. <laughs> she's not my mom, Todd. Todd. Yeah, go ahead. But I do, uh, the characterization of John Connor in this movie is very good. And I want to bring up the. Are you calling moi a dipshit scene? Because yep. that scene also has a lot to bring yeah, down. Yeah, so this is this is a weird scene too because like it, it, it's in a moment where they're John trying is, to help him. John is yeah. learning exactly what he's dealing with here with Terminator, and the Terminator he, he screams, "Let me go!" and then he drops him. And yeah. then this is when he realizes that the Terminator has to do what he tells him. Right. So now he's a kid with a new toy, 
and these guys come running up, just wanting to help. They just, they just, they just want to help. Being good Samaritans. And, the, being and good the way boys. that John turns on him is is honestly unacceptable. It's terrible. <laughs> but like, and it makes me so mad watching it too because I feel like when I first watched it, I didn't fully absorb how shitty John was being in this moment. Yeah. Um, but like watching it as an adult, you just hate this kid. But at the same time, that is exactly how a 13 year old like John would act in this moment. Yeah, like yeah. it is so accurate, even if it is so infuriating. I mean, watching it as a 10 year old, I remember thinking he was the coolest. Oh yeah. You think he looks yeah. cool. Like, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. I mean, I grew up just wishing I could tell off my teenage cousins yeah. like yeah. that when I was this Are age. you calling moi, moi a, a dipshit? Put your leg down. <laughs> Such a, and it's just like so cheesy, but yeah. so good. Did you call moi a dipshit? Just trying to help this pod. Grab this guy. I can't believe he called me. Ah! 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 Hey, get get off. him off of me! And ah! now who's the dipshit, you jock douchebag? Get off of me! One of the, I think, the most iconic moments in this movie is the the dream sequence right yeah. oh yeah like the, oh the yeah. nightmare the nuclear holocaust yeah nightmare that she has she falls asleep at, at some point and she just starts dreaming and this is and it's right in the middle of the movie and the thing and, and it's her vision of L, of judgment day yeah mm-hmm. of la just getting, to remind you what's at stake that's that's yeah. the the craziest thing about this sequence is it's right it's in the middle of the movie it's in the back half probably yeah we're past don't, the middle it's of the movie. Too, oh you're there. having fun you're having fun yeah, exactly because yeah. at this point john and the terminator are like having, they're bonding they're having goof around yeah. you know you know the too slow high five thing yeah. has happened and and um and it's just like if the opening sequence where, you know, Terminator's crushing skulls uh, wasn't enough for you. Yeah. Check this out. Yeah. And, it, and this it is, is way is, scarier because you're seeing children burn. And it, <laughs> it is an exercise in some really, really incredible artwork. Yeah. Craftsmanship. Yeah. Oh, dude, the uh, paper mache skeletons. Oh, right. Where it's like, you know, just like just the different like kind of setups they had to do in order to pull off that shot where like. Uh, like Linda Hamilton is grabbing onto the fence mm-hmm. and then the shock wave of the blast hits her and it blows away all of her, like, you know, like meat particles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, think, I believe they call it skin. No, meat particles is the technical term. Meat particles. But like how they did that is a, they had the animatronic that mm-hmm. they like lit on fire. Like they had a, an animatronic that wasn't so much, it was a puppet, you know? Uh-huh. And like, that's the thing that they used to like pull at the gate and then to get that shot where, like, you know, the meat particles explode off of her skeleton, off of her skeleton frame. Like, they actually did that practically. That's not CGI. Yeah. And, like, they used skeletons. And then they built, like, a uh, paper mache, uh, like, skin around right. it mm-hmm. that they, like, rigorously tested that they knew when they lit it on fire. And then they just shot an air cannon at it. It would just, like, gust yeah. off. Yeah. Gross. I mean, they just awesome. attached. So they they just awesome. attached like yeah. a, a medical d- yeah. department skeleton. Yeah. And, like had it screaming. They and didn't even they, have to have it do that. They literally just like had it attached yeah. there, and then they just were like, poof. Yeah. But th- I mean, that's how they did all of the buildings too. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, there's really well, only they had stuff pull that stuff back too. Yeah, yeah, right yeah. Right. But in terms of just doing it practically, yeah. so they like made all these building shells. They put just crumbled up junk inside these these like you know, miniature buildings. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they, they air cannoned it away. They pulled some of it 
you know, this way and they blew some of it that way too, but it was all and the same deal with some of the, the miniature cars. There's really only one shot that's CGI. That's CGI. And it's like the big wide shot from on top of the hollow. Yeah, where all, oh, this, yeah, where all the city like blocks are yeah. exploding. Yeah. 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 And but the rest of it is all done, you know, with with smoke and mirrors. Like that makes sense when you spell it out like that, but like Otherwise, it doesn't like it doesn't like compute in my brain that that's not yeah. mostly CGI. Like, and what for the buildings too? I mean, that was another situation where where this was the era of like it took a week to set up. Yeah, it took two the days. Sh- mm-hmm. The shot was in between, in between yeah. each year. They did three or four takes yep. probably across a week week and a half, uh, just because it took whole days to set it back up again. You know what incredible. the crazy thing is? Imagine if like you because like it took two days to set it up, right? Like imagine yeah, if out of imagine focus. if you. <laughs> Can you, ma- can you imagine if, like, well, all right, we're going to spend the next, like, four weeks building four versions of this because mm-hmm. we'll we'll have four takes. Yeah. And then to just uh, hair in the gate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Out of right. focus, you know, like. On film. Like, yeah. or, or like somebody was changing a mag and they, they so accidentally they exposed it. They didn't something. tape close the mag, so yeah. there was light leaks. The pressure to do that right. You don't want to be the guy that screws that up. It's incredible. No. Yeah. And, but you're right, too. Like, where it is in the movie is perfect because, like, you have these sequences that are, like, nearly 20-minute long sequences. And then you have something of a breather in the desert. And then it's yeah. like, nope, just kidding. Yeah. You don't have this, a breather. Yeah. This is the breather. The breather yeah. you get is is nuclear arm. Exactly. Dead. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. Yeah. Oh, you know what else is a good scene? A good mm. sequence? Uh, the attack on uh, Dyson's house. Yes. Yep. Uh, oh my God! With Sarah going full Terminator. That's when she's at her most fierce. Oh yeah. Yeah. She she's... looks so freaking scary. Mm-hmm. Oh she... my God! And she is a woman on a mission. She does not care. So this is after she wakes up from this dream. Yeah. And then decides. That and she, she has like has renewed vigor. Yeah. And like she's determined to go and kill Miles Dyson so that he never creates Skynet, so yeah. that it never happens in the first place. Yeah. Because that's where her brain's at. And yeah. yeah, she just marches up to the house and just starts just raining. Yeah, Bullets. and of course, Miles Dyson, like, has a family. He has a right. wife and a child, and this poor wife is, like, trying to get the, the child out of the room while she's shooting at Miles. Like, it's crazy. And, and that, yeah. that sequence, too, is, is, is so effective, too, because it's like, it's like there are these tender moments between John and Sarah mm-hmm. that, you know, this mother and son are kind of back together, and it's kind of this sweet moment that we, as an audience, are aware of. But then, then you think about it, it's like from the Dyson's perspective, like I just got shot. Yeah. They were having, you guys are having like a moment. Over These there. guys are like, having a normal evening. What's happening? <laughs> yeah. They were having a nice night. They were having a nice night, and then their their house gets completely like I feel like Miles Dyson is among like stealth, maybe most interesting character because you have to think about the things this man went through in one night. Yeah. Like there's a line uh, just shortly after the big action sequence and they're kind of sitting down, like explaining to him that he's responsible for the apocalypse. And Sarah makes this voiceover comment where she's like, he took it pretty well. And he says like, I feel like I'm going to throw up, but I like, yeah, but like he did take it pretty well, all yep. things considered. Yep. <laughs> like, yeah, and took it took it absolutely seriously because yeah. he ends up like sacrificing himself to yeah. to do the thing. He blows himself up. Yeah, and then it. you like he takes it seriously because you have that great scene where Arnold is like cutting the skin off his arm, and it's like, yeah. and you that's, have like that's the other thing. Yeah, in the span of about two and a half minutes, I yeah. think, like Sarah shows up, 
and shoots up the whole house. Yeah. Then these other two people show up. One of them cuts his arm, arm off open yeah. and like rips the skin off. And but you see the hand that he's yeah. been working on, that Miles has been working on. That is, uh, there's, I, I feel like there's a gentler way to do that. But that like, they skipped, but enough. I kind of don't think so either. It's, it, yeah. There's no way to do it loses where he effect. actually believes yeah. you, yeah. Right. you know? Yeah. Exactly, to yeah. your point. Yeah. Loses, loses the effect. Yeah. Yeah. Listen to me very carefully. Is Miles Dyson the best character no, in the whole movie? No, he's not the best character in the whole movie. That's Sarah. But he is, I think, the most interesting non-central player. Because, again, like you think... And he's actually like a good guy. He mm-hmm. just accidentally almost destroyed the world. Um, and he gives his life for it. He fully yeah. buys in. Yeah. And now, like, I also wonder about, like, just, like, how many times I've watched this movie. I also wonder, like, what happens to his wife and child after this, because... I'm sure he was heavily insured. Oh, yeah. Um, Would but, a house like that? Yeah. I'm the, I mean, and, probably a, okay. and a brain. Yeah. Unless, you know, unless the same thing that happened to, to Sarah Connor at the end of Terminator happens to them in terms of, like, no, Dyson blew up the whole building. Yeah. But surely he wouldn't get, he wouldn't get the, he wouldn't take the fall for that. Nah. Yeah. Surely not. No. Um, uh, but big ups to Joe Morton. I think he does a lot. With oh, a little. Just he He's did, really good in it. He's in everything, really good in Everything it. that he is. He's, yeah. he's never oh, yeah. anything less than... He, you know, you think about, yeah. like, Pulp Fiction, right? Where, uh, what what's his name? In the opening scene where they're sitting at the diner. And he's like, you know, one minute they're eating a Denver envelope. Yeah. The next minute you have a gun in their face. They, they right. have yeah. a gun in their face. And, like... I mean, like Joe Morton's character arc is pretty much that, right? He's right. Just, yeah. He's just had like in the span of like ninety minutes of this guy's life, he's having a nice night at home with his family, yeah. and then he more found, and then he finds yeah. out he's like the, he, then he finds out he's like the architect of the apocalypse yeah. that's going to kill three billion people. Yeah. And then he dies. And then he dies. And then he dies. He yeah. didn't have to deal with it for terribly long. No. I yeah. guess. Yeah. True. If it was difficult. But yeah, Miles Dyson, solid character. Solid. Solid. Yeah. Character. You're judging me. On things I haven't even done yet. <laughs> How are we supposed to know? Basically, from the time they walk up to Cyberdyne Systems, like, you know, them and Miles and everybody, they're walking up to do their plan. That happens at, I wrote it down, where to go? An hour 44. Uh, if you're just, following yeah. along at time, you're the time code, this is the director's cut. Uh, oh, yeah. The extended edition. I don't know if it was a director's cut, but. With Man, all, this the, movie all the deleted so scenes folded in. It's an hour yeah. 44 is when they walk up. And then by the time they fly away from the exploding building, or they drive away and, and the T-1000 is flying away in the helicopter, uh-huh. that's 202. So that's 18 minutes. Damn. And then it's another, and then it's another, another, another 20 chase. minutes or so yeah. until the end of the movie. Yeah. Which is that whole steel mill, the, the so, chase on God, freeway we can get into and that the steel, steel mill thing. Like, so that's that, another 20 minutes. So Oh, sorry. Essentially, I mean, essentially, you're looking at like 40 minutes of continuous it's action. Because I was just going to ask, like, where do you draw the line on that sequence? Is that like when they flip the tanker truck? And no, like, I was I was drawing the line on when he the the wide shot of the helicopter flying away from Cyberdyne. That's yeah. it. That's wow. where I, that's two. Because then so you kind of get into the car minutes. chase a little and bit, and then you yeah. tack on the car chase, and then um, the steel mill. And then the that's steel like mill. That's like kind of like three sequences, like yeah. back to back. But almost. really, yeah. it's one. I mean, that's real time. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
God. which is incredible. But to your point, uh, the the editing in this sequence and the way that they pulled off some of these stunts in it. This is this is a, a, a part where like the practical uh, stunts really start to shine. Yeah. We had the big motorcycle jump that we hadn't talked about. The river. Uh, in the mm-hmm. LA River, in oh, the LA yeah. River, that chase Fake scene. Arnold. Oh my yeah. God, Fake Arnold is my favorite thing in the early '90s. It's stuntmen that don't look anything like <laughs> the, the people they're doing sunglasses. stunt for. Just get, put them in a leather jacket. In the but leather nobody jacket. cares. Give them the sunglasses. <laughs> no one will notice. Give them the sort of the same haircut and just go to town, and and we'll all agree that we're just not going to make a big deal out of it. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. that was 1991 stuntman stuff. Yeah. Um, which, and that's the prime example of that is this movie, that motorcycle jump into the LA river. So clearly not Arnold Schwarzenegger, no. but, but no one cares. <laughs> but in terms of, of these, the practical stunts, we start getting uh, the motorcycle jump out of the second floor window and into the helicopter. Clearly reverse engineered from, you know what would be cool? Yeah. <laughs> yeah Somebody yeah. at some point was like, can I get a motorcycle to drive to, how do I crash a motorcycle into a helicopter? So, yeah. Well, you got to be on the second floor. It's like, great, done. We'll do it. Like, well, h- h- hang on. Why is there a motorcycle on the second floor of an office building? Don't like, what? Then you show him just what, driving we'll, up we'll, the yeah. steps. We'll get it there. We'll get there. But that's, Don't you that's, worry about it. Yeah, that's that's the uh, the prestige. What Jimmy Cam wants, Jimmy Cam gets. That's a gym problem, not mm-hmm. a you problem. How did we get this motorcycle out the window? What was it? Seven edits? Yeah, it was seven edits to get it out. Like from like from the moment it like the motorcycle like leave, crashes through the window. Close up on wheel spinning. Yeah. Wide shot of it driving through desks. Yeah. Well, there's a wide shot from the exterior wide right of the mo- of the motorcycle crashing through the glass. Then it cuts to the interior wide of the motorcycle crashing through the glass yeah. right then it's like the close-up on on um it's like a the, tight shot of it flying through the air yeah. yeah from the bottom looking up yeah then it's like the close-up on on the t-1000 like getting ready to like yeah. attach himself to the right. to the landing gear then yeah. it's the shot then it's the cutaway to the pilot being like oh shit. yeah yeah and then, then, then he's like, climbing up yeah. again yeah. Yeah. yeah it's just this and series then the, of and then the, the bike hitting the ground yeah, yeah. it's and, and all of that to get and it's clearly extended too yeah. you know like the the distance the bike travels through the air from the window to the helicopter is like doubled up a little bit too um but just to even get them up the stairs like driving a motorcycle up to a landing and then doing turning 180 degrees and especially up another and i like that they show him doing it like he doesn't just like appear on the second nah, floor right. no yeah. like he has to yeah. especially like there. a chonky boy like those police motorcycles yeah like, exactly but oh, even why? that that's yeah. done in three shots. Yeah. Because there's no way there's a guy turning like right. that clean. Yeah. 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 So they, they're, there's a shot of him going up and then a close up of the wheel that's just kind of like scooting around the corner. Yeah. Just the back wheel scooting <laughs> around the corner. And then another wide shot of him coming coming back up. Um, which like it paces the thing up a little bit on top of everything else. But like I don't know that you can turn a motorcycle like that in a stairwell. But they they, they had to get him up there. Yep. Because somebody it. wanted a motorcycle to yeah. jump out of a second floor window, you know. <laughs> yeah. But they also had to narratively, like they also had to get the T one thousand in there, because going back farther than that, like this is one of those problem solving kind of threads to pull on, right? Because yeah. they, you know, was it that we want the T one thousand to be in a helicopter chasing them in a truck, 
And so at that point, it's like, okay, well, how do I get him in a helicopter? Like, he yeah. could have just wandered up to the fucking helicopter and got in, but like, nope, nope. he had to jump see, out see, in a motor. They're like, yeah. remind, me, remind me where the helicopter see, is to get in the scene. It's like, oh, it's circling the building. Yeah, in it's the not air. on it's the like, ground. Okay, yeah. so how are we going to get him in there? See, this is this, this is the difference between people like you and me. We have to assume that, oh, like, he gets on the helicopter while it's on the ground. No. James Cameron, you know, nope. big brain, is just like, no, no, it's in the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's what I need. Yeah. I yeah. need seven shots between of it of it, of it yeah. flying out a window. But prior to that, I need three shots of it coming up a stairwell. <laughs> it's just and, and all of this probably because you know it's like, can we fly a helicopter under a bridge? Yeah, is that's the other thing. Because oh, in yeah, that chase where, scene, do you, do you think that's the oh, genesis yeah. of the entire? Thing? I don't know. That's that's there's so many cool beats yeah. in this movie that don't happen without previous cool I hope, beats. Yeah. I hope it was. Okay, we're gonna have a hel- we need this helicopter to drive under this bridge. Okay, great. Yeah. So, so why need- is there a helicopter? So why yeah. is there a helicopter? Well, the T one thousand got it here. Okay, so how do we get the T one thousand in a helicopter? Yeah. All right, well, he hijacks it. Okay, great. We'll have him hijack it up. No, 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 no. He has to hijack it in the air. In the air, because yeah. it's already flying yeah. around. Because we we're yeah. doing that scene where where the T eight hundred is shooting all the cops and the helicopter. The- yeah. Know, where are we going to get all the blue light from if the helicopter's not doing the spotlight? In it? Yeah. But like that's what I, I hope. I hope that's the yeah. case. And I and the reason that I think it's that way is because of the you don't you don't get to a, an issue where you're reverse engineering it like that. Uh, like I don't think they yes anded their way to drive a motorcycle upstairs. No. <laughs> it, <laughs> it's the driving the motorcycle up a set yeah. of stairs that I think like, oh, you just, you, you wanted to end up here. Yeah. This is, and you're g- like, how am I going to get there? Narratively, it's such a good decision to have him like chasing them in a helicopter. Cause if you think about all the chase scenes in this movie, he's already chased them in a semi truck. He's already chased them on foot. So it's like, how do you up the ante? A freaking helicopter, helicopter, baby. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, and then even after the helicopter, he's in another semi truck, uh, chasing a junky little, landscapers yeah. truck yeah. you know every chase scene in this movie it's something different and every every you know at every step of the way in this movie even just from a, a design perspective like the t-1000 is at an advantage mm-hmm. it was the same deal with the first terminator it's yeah. like there's mm-hmm. a robot and then just a regular dude is is back here to protect and so like you're at a disadvantage and so they did that not only with the t-1000 and the t-800 in this movie but also practically like what vehicle is he in and why is he chasing yeah. it? And it's always like a, a SWAT team van that can't maneuver really well or like, yeah. but to your point, yeah, there's, he's always chasing them from a, a, a place of advantage. Exactly. If it's yeah. a, if it's a, Arnold's on a 18, motorcycle, he's in a semi 18 wheeler and against a little dirt bike, you yeah. know, and then the helicopter against a SWAT team van. But, yeah. But all of that speaks to the fact that there are just some incredible goddamn chase scenes. There's yeah. so many. Like, so what is the best car my, chase? In my opinion, yeah. is the one when they bust out um, Linda Hamilton, when mm. they bust out Sarah Connor, which is ironic considering that the T-1000 a, doesn't actually have a car. But yeah. like, yeah. literally, they're hauling ass in that stolen car, and all he's doing is just fucking yeah. running down the street, you know, in the, like, the mechanical, mm-hmm. like, and then yeah. like, he leaves on, and then that's like when he has like the hooks, and like they're just like swerving as like yeah. swing him off, and then like they shoot him in the face, and he falls off. Like I don't know that one. It it probably wasn't the most technically sophisticated, or uh, it's quick too. Yeah, yeah. And it was it it's was quick. It's not technically sophisticated, and it definitely didn't take the most resource production resources yeah. to do. But I think that one leaves like the biggest imprint in my mind. Yeah, well, just, and because that's the first time that. 
that the T one thousand feels I mean inevitable and yeah. unstoppable oh, yeah. and I mean, all that is yeah. like well, you they, also, they had a yeah. car. He's yeah. just running. He's just yeah. running. And he's you, just running. And you saw it like that's immediately following the hospital escape scene yeah. where like we really get to understand like how versatile he is while yeah. also being like near yeah. indestructible. I go back to the first chase scene. Um, the L.A. River chase? The L.A. River chase, yeah. I just think it's, uh, like, first of all, it's your first kind of, like, showdown between the two Terminators. Mm -hmm. And so it's such a good moment. You just have, like, you know, Arnold kind of being, like, weirdly scrappy with the motorcycle while, like, you know, uh, yeah. Edward Furlong's trying to go away. I just think it's perfect. And the big, big explosion and, like, the wheel with the fire coming out. Yeah. Like, oh, it's perfect. I gotta give it to the one we were just talking about before we started this. The helicopter and the, the just the fact that that helicopter. And I think when we were watching it earlier, I think I, I it made me actually comment on it because like, look at how low that goddamn it's helicopter so is low. flying. It's like just That's off not the ground. Safe. So like the skill that that took, uh, I think is is incredible. And the the stunt of it flying under the overpass. Mm -hmm. That's such an understated thing it is right because yeah. it's just a helicopter it's just a helicopter flying mm -hmm. at the end of the day but it's flying and it, it just with feet to spare on yeah. either mm -hmm. side and above and below under an overpass like the guts that it took to do that is so remarkable yeah. and also like it's one of these I, we've talked about it several times in the shows like if you you know if you uh if you notice you're doing it wrong mm -hmm. you know yeah. like that kind of thing yeah so it's like it doesn't look hard because the guy, whoever was flying that helicopter, was so good at flying helicopters. Yeah. He's the James Cameron <laughs> of helicopter pilots. The James Cameron of helicopter pilots. And so that's that's one that I, I think that. And the way that it ends with you know, him hitting the brakes and helicopter flying. And then it gives way to a subsequent chase yeah. that's also in the liquid nitrogen truck. What does that say about a film that we each have our own favorite chases right and that doesn't even account for all of for all of the chases, chases. yeah God, which I one love did we which movie. one did we leave out you just said it we left out the uh the the nitrogen the other chase. truck yeah. yeah yeah i mean it comes right after it feels well. like yeah. it's it feels like it's a continuation of yeah the, it's like yeah. a wardrobe change going to the, the next party yeah. i guess but, but yeah we um, all have different picks like anyway like it's crazy yeah. Yeah, and those aren't, and we're not even talking about shootouts. Yeah, right? the, these no. are just chases. Yeah, they're just chasing. Chases. Oh. But we can talk about uh, the sequence that comes right after the, those two chases, which is the steel mill. It, it, of course, in a steel mill that has also had liquid nitrogen crashed into it. Yeah, <laughs> and I think, I mean, the liquid nitrogen, uh, you know, frozen T one thousand, like oh. shock face hands. Crumpled, and you can tell he's crumbling. Leading all the oh. way into the Asta La Vista baby and the single oh. shot that blows him up. Like, that is just one hell of a moment. It's a hell of a shot. Hell, like, everything is firing at all cylinders in that mm -hmm. moment. It's so good. Asta La Vista baby.
in the rewatch, we were talking about like talking about the lowbrow effects of it all, right? Where mm. it's just like when they're fighting and throwing each other into the walls, and it's just like, how did I do this? Yeah. Like yeah. where they're interacting with the CGI, and they're like, wait a second. Oh yeah, yeah. and they're like, that's not CGI. That's a man in a tinfoil suit. Which is, like, which, yeah, they actually like put like the T one thousand or it's, Robert Patrick in a. It's foil a little suit. fight scene that results in in the T eight hundred's arm getting stuck in the gear. Not yeah. Off. yeah, and there's yeah, and there's a moment where it looks like, and what I mean, frankly, what it would look like right now if they were to make it in the MCU, mm-hmm. like uh, just the silver, you know, CG yeah. mocapped mm-hmm. kind of whatever yeah. character throwing Arnold around. And we, we had to pause and be like, man, how did they do that? Yeah. It was incredible. Was Arnold like throwing himself? And then you frame through it and you realize it's just a dude painted silver. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and, but again. It's so low brow. It's so genius. But it's one of those things. That it's it's How the shots are composed. The they, yeah. 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 So the trick there is like he's only in the edge of the frame. Yeah. And he's moving quick the whole time. But he, they frame it to where like you can just see his forehead poking out because they're low angle looking up. And, yeah. and it's Arnold. It's mo- mostly a shot about Arnold crossing frame and then the silver guys in the background. And then there's a, a, another low angle shot from behind his hip and, it, and the camera's the camera's always moving. And the, the guy is always just on the outskirts of the frame. Mm-hmm. So you're just getting a hint of silver. I mean, when you, when you frame through it, it's clearly one of those guys down at the Venice boardwalk who's pretending to be a statue. <laughs> you know, it's like one of those like totally painted silver, sil- like tin foil suit or whatever. Yeah. Like, but it's the, again, it's one of those things where like, that's the, type of effect that you needed to do to pull off the big computer visual effects that were starting to you know well, right. starting to take over and like one thing that I, I kind of was saying earlier about James Cameron is like when he wants a shot of Robert Patrick like driving a motorcycle out of a building into a helicopter he'll make it happen he will go every single extra mile to make that happen but he knows when to just say eh, put him at the bottom of the frame yep. like it's fine <laughs> like he's so smart the thumbs up I made I made my I did eleven minutes on yeah. a on a whole video about the thumbs up. It's so perfect. I could it's one of my it it's one of my perfect. emotes. It's one of my go to emotes in Fortnite. There you go. Yeah, it's absolutely like I love the thumbs up so much because it's like just saccharine enough. Mm-hmm. It's like just cheesy enough, but like not too much. And you have like just Edward Furlong and Linda Hamilton just acting like just being devastated in the steel mill. Yeah. And just right before that, you have the Arnold line of, I know now why you cry. Like, it's so perfect. But it is something I can, can never, never do. do. Yeah. It's like, I get being human, but yeah. I am not human. Yeah. I'm going to go melt myself real quick. Yeah. But there's something great about it, too, that I like. Like, the thumbs up, because there was the Asta La Vista callback. Yeah. That, that, was, that was a more sort of on-the-nose kind of, kind of evident callback. But the thumbs up is a callback to a thing that was in slow motion while... Uh, Sarah was doing VO about how, well, he'll never get drunk and hit John. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. He'll never oh, leave which is another whatever. scene that and I. And they're love. just kind of doing thumbs up. Yeah. And, and so it's it's like it's not a meal is not made of the thumbs up no. to begin with, but then it calls back at the end, and it's just it's just enough, right? It's just enough it's of a callback to be like, oh god, yeah. I'm so sad now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can you imagine like that scene without the thumbs up? Like you can have it of him just like slowly lowering into the lava, but like. Come on. Yeah. That's how we. Yeah, it's so good.
What about de- the deleted scenes in general? Because so, we were we were talking about yeah. like this is this is an extended I- edition that I don't think fans of the movie are because generally fans of the, of right. any movie be like, like yeah, Lord but the of director's the Rings, cut, yeah, yeah. You know? But this is not one that anybody cares about. <laughs> like as and a big YouTuber, I'm like, yeah, you don't, you can just yeah. watch the theatrical. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, but there's one thing that makes that I think is an exception, and it boggles my brain that they cut it out. Um, it's when so it's after they escape, uh, they break Sarah out of prison, and they're in this gas station, kind of like healing up their wounds, and um, they go into uh, the T800s little CPU. Um, to turn it into, like, right, yep. Um, and that scene is so important because it, first of all, plays with Terminator lore. So in the theatrical cut, he says, like, I'm a learning computer. I learn as I go. So basically, there he's already the artificial intelligence. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but in the deleted scene, he says, like, I'm in, like, I think it's, like, read only right now. And if you change it to, like, write, like, I can learn. Yeah. Um, so it explains that lore. Um, but also in that scene, Sarah goes to destroy the CPU. And John stops her. And they have this whole argument about how Sarah doesn't trust him, which I think is totally believable. And it's then fair. Yeah. Fair, you yeah. know? Like, it's hard to get over. Um, and then you have John kind of have that, like, leader moment of being like, Hey, mom, if you want me to be a military leader, you have to, like, let me make decisions. And it, like, it's such a, a whiny little shit. He's so whiny. <laughs> His, like, squeaky little yeah. voice. Um, but for me, like, more so, like, I, I've, I've read a lot of fans kind of, like, dig into, like, what the whole, like, you know, read only to write mode means for the lore. But I think it's just such an important character moment for Sarah and John. Like her sure. believably having that reaction to seeing the Terminator again, and then John stepping up to kind of fight against her after breaking her out. I think it's so important, and they cut it out for time. No, no! Don't kill him. It, John, not him. It. Okay, it. But we need it. I think, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they cut it out for quality as opposed to time. He said he cut it out for time, James Cameron. I do not like any of any of the writing or the performance or any of anything of that scene i can do without it completely what? like uh, the one scene that the the scene that i like most or the bit that i like yeah. most of that chunk is like how they shot the opening up the head port scene i do love because, that like, yeah and that's just a, a bit of uh, some more like you know trick photography kind yeah of, solid use built, of twins there yeah they yeah. built a set linda hamilton has a twin sister and they built yeah. a set with a fake mirror and Arnold was sitting on the other side of it talking while Lin- Linda Hamilton's twin sister was Very fussing clever. around with his head. Yeah. So, and it was all in the service of having a camera move that can, like, in one shot, see mm-hmm. Arnold talking and then pan around and look into his skull. Yeah. Um, because there's a dummy in the foreground that they were working on. Um, and that, you know, I can ultimately do without that also because, yeah. you know, whatever. It's fine. That's just a, this is a movie chock full of incredible effects and we can do without that. Yeah. One. It's just cool how they did it. But like to your point, like already the 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 T-800 is a learning computer. Yeah. yeah. That's fine. So I'm fine with losing. I'm fine with losing that. What I what I would I what I think that it takes away having yeah. that scene in there where they switch him to a learning computer, it takes away some agency from John to yeah. me. Like the fact that John is able to uh, sort of allow this ma- this machine to learn and help this machine learn without flipping a switch and without doing something that's like mechanical or logistical mm-hmm. and doing it more like there's more emotional resonance to that for me uh, I think it than gives just him literally agent. flipping yeah. the switch though. I feel like, but like, 
I mean, the, the, I gotta the turn John... my Terminator to, to learn. Now. I gotta turn. Yeah, yeah, I gotta turn it to learning but I think, mode. But he chooses to do that. I would argue it gives him more agency because otherwise it's just learning already. Well, yeah, but he's just doing it. I, it's it's yeah. also on the nose because it's also like I'm gonna be a leader. You gotta let me lead. Whereas like she just yeah. kind of does that anyway. And we listen. Can is this movie subtle? No. Well, it, it's it's subtler <laughs> now that they don't have that scene. I no, would argue. But I I think it makes total sense for Sarah to have the immediate impulse to kill the Terminator like she has the impulse mm-hmm. to kill Miles Dyson. Yeah, but it's a, all within within that scene. She has the opportunity to kill that Terminator and then she she gives up on it. So you can lift that scene completely. She does it for John, though. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. But she, you know, she she doesn't have another opportunity to kill the Terminator. Yeah. So it's not like there's, a, there's something holding her back, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. So like... I don't know. I, I think just, it's important to show that it. she would kill the Terminator if given the opportunity she and would, John yeah. not being there to stop I do, her. I do think one thing that we can agree on is that every other bo- like extra scene that they cut, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty You don't bad. need it. Yeah. It's yeah. not even that it, you, don't, you can get by without it. It's like, oh, I'm so glad you cut oh, that. Oh, no, I would actively recommend the theatrical yeah, 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 version yeah. versus the extended. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's the stuff that you can find in a, like the highlights of it on YouTube. Oh, yeah, YouTube. you can watch like, the go, scene that I'm talking about on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. You can find it on YouTube. Yeah, it's around, but, you know. 100%. Anyway, it, it is the most useless uh, extended edition, I think, that I <laughs> yeah. can think of. It's no Blade of. Runner. It's no Blade yeah. Runner, yeah. That's good. Maybe you could practice in front of a mirror or something. So let's uh, let's dig into to the lists here, the mm. movie lists. What uh, already on the channel? It was on top ten action movies of all time. It was on. Uh, we did a list about best pre bullet time CGI effects. Oh, so CGI from the yeah, it's a very specific list. That's a very well, <laughs> that's it, like doing best best CGI of all time. Like once bullet time happened, like everything kind of shifted a little bit but and then it's got a bunch of honorable mentions you didn't uh, even mention it was on the be- top 10 practical effects of all time. top 10 practical effects of all time of course as it should be uh, like the whole 25 minutes dedicated to it i think if i remember right yeah 10 um should have 25 should have been 25 yeah that's why we're doing it that's why we're doing this so we can get, get another hour's worth yeah. of content around terminator 2 honorable mention in best of the 90s i think and weirdly yeah. enough an honorable mention only an honorable yeah, wait, mention only, in best of the what? 90s i know i think that's one i didn't write so i, like, I don't know um, wow. oh. but uh also a mention in the best indie films list because it wasn't <laughs> a ma- it wasn't a major studio <laughs> film so we were trying to slowly find the definition of what an indie film is. And technically, T2 is kind of an indie film. So, mm-hmm. But it only got a mention in that one. Yeah. Uh, and also, it got a shout out on the best villains list, too. So it's, oh, okay. it's, we talk about it uh, plenty. And we've done things you didn't know. Lots of homemade stuff. 8-bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said before, I did a whole thing about the thumbs up. We yeah. love this movie. Yeah. Here on Cinefix. So. Is there not? Because we started this episode by calling it, without a doubt, the best action movie. Ever, or most important uh, is there not a best action Most movie? Most perfect. Most there perfect? is, yeah. No, it's okay. on there. Top okay. 10 action movies okay. of all time. I, that was actually a two-parter episode, if yeah. I remember right. But. Sci-fi. Sci-fi. Yeah. I put it on sci-fi. More more time travel shenanigans. Yeah. I, would, I would put more this on time travel. More time travel shenanigans, yeah. There's bound to be a category in the time travel uh, list that's like the future coming to kill you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess. So there's no real active time travel in this movie other than they AI. just arrive. Yeah. This is on, was AI, it? yeah. I also we talked about Terminator Two a lot, and I did a whole thing about it, the evolution of AI in on movies, like yeah. starting with Metropolis. 
I mean, is there like a, I feel like this is the most famous AI movie. Nothing else. Ah, uh, no, 2001. In the Matrix. Mm, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, fair enough. This, yeah, fair enough. I think this one is It's a, a pretty um, big genre, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's room for everybody in that yeah. genre. Yeah. Big time. Um, yeah. Put it on uh, worst extended editions. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think we, we can agree on that. But I, you know, I don't know what other list to put it on. We'd have to, to it, it's pretty well, well represented. So yeah. like, I think we'd have to invent a list that it, <laughs> that it just for it. I mean, I would put Sarah Connor on like best action hero mm-hmm. list. Yeah. Yep. For sure. So let's, uh, Alex, let's do some things you didn't know. Yeah, so this is a little segment that we do called Things You Didn't Know. Uh, but I, I have a feeling that you guys might know a lot of them. But I'm going to throw some at it's you anyway, possible. and we can play true or false. Yeah, you can play let, along let's, at home. let's see what your half lies here. Yeah, they, half truths. You guys have caught on to me and Tayo's tricks, <laughs> but you know. Uh, all right, number one, production took so long that John Connors or Edward Furlong's uh, voice and height had to be altered. Um, yeah. I'm going to say, say false. I'm going to go true on that. I'm going to say false because, like, I, I altered. What do you mean? I'm trying to figure. I'm trying to get real. Trying to get real semantic with what you mean. So by basically, so I'll just like go, hitting like puberty in the middle yeah, of shooting. Yeah, yeah. And like oh, yeah. They had to. They had voice, to account bro. for it yeah, somewhere. Exactly. Yeah. Because yeah. he does. He does have a squeaky scream for he a d- chunk of this movie. So yeah. uh, true. Yeah, I'll go true. Yeah. true. Okay. Well, you're right. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Oh. Uh, yeah. It moved. I, you got me. You got me gun shy with all of this. I know. Like, I was gonna say it's a trick question somehow. Yep. Uh, yeah. No. He had. He had grown. Uh, his voice had grown considerably uh, deeper, and he had grown taller. This resulted in the voice having to be dubbed in the editing process, and to keep his height consistent with Linda Hamilton's, he had to stand in a hole in the ground in some scenes. Uh, his young voice is left intact only in the scene where he and the Terminator are talking about why people cry because James Cameron wanted to sound dramatic and thought the original audio was better. Oh. Hmm. I love that James Cameron just... I don't know. You know, yeah. when stuff makes you sad. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. We nailed one. You got one. One for one. All right. Moving on. For the L.A. River sequence, Arnold Schwarzenegger was in pain because he could not wear a glove while cocking the gun. His fingers would get stuck in the mechanism, tearing his skin off. Ooh, I'm gonna go true. Yeah, because uh, you're talking about like the spin the maneuver. Spin, yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, and he, yeah, his, yeah, that's yeah, true. true. Yeah, because he did learn how to do that. He did. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember that. That's true. Hey, and also gnarly. Jeez, Louise. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So he uh, practiced the iconic twirl so many times that he ended up tearing the skin on his fingers over and over again. Uh, the problem was that it was practically impossible to twirl the actual shotgun, which caused the team to make a modified prop with an extended lever. The scene was also tough for Edward Furlong, who got hit again and again by Schwarzenegger's <laughs> shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty great. Yeah. I just, just periodically yeah like just like caught with a, <laughs> sorry yeah it's great <laughs> all right that's uh two for two cool you guys are killing Nailing us it. all right tom hanks was the first choice <laughs> no i think that was left over from last episode yeah. <laughs> no it's not <laughs> it's not okay tom hanks was the first choice for the role of the t-1000 yeah we're gonna However, <laughs> the this idea was abandoned as the studio considered tom hank too too nice for the role 
I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go false. I'm going to go false. I'm going to go true for Groundhog Day. <laughs> I don't think my poker face was very good. <laughs> you guys are correct. Uh, I do love the ca- the casting rumors for the T-1000 yeah. are great. One of the ones that I find most fascinating was at some point they considered uh, bringing Michael Bean back, the actor who played that's Kyle Reese. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's that's such a fun it's, it's such a fun idea that i'm glad they didn't do yeah you know? yeah like, it's because i i like what they were thinking like to to bring another Swap. terminator back with the face of yeah. you know john's dad yeah like, michael bean's great i'm kind of glad he isn't in the theatrical cut like yeah, yeah this movie is about sarah connor john connor mm-hmm. and the terminator like i like that it ended up yeah. that way um, yeah, the scripted explanation for the T-1000 taking Kyle Reese's appearance was that Skynet had somehow gotten a hold of Reese's DNA and used it when designing the new Terminator model. The idea was abandoned due to fears that audiences would be confused. Yep. And they, you know, probably would have been. Nice. Yeah. According to Robert Patrick, Billy Idol was originally cast for the role of the T-1000, but had to drop out after a motorcycle accident. True or false? I'm going to say true. I'm going to go false. I mean, I'm not going to make you guys agree like I originally said I was okay. going to. All right. True, false? Yeah. True. Uh, Clint wins this one. Torf. It is true. Torf. It's uh, too detailed. I should have known. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> too specific. Well, no, but you have to, like, me and Tayo can just switch a name in there. So you got to keep that in mind. Yeah. We're sneaky. Um, no yeah, one, Robert Patrick was like the third or fourth choice. For oh, yeah. The, no, he, he was yeah. not the first choice. Yeah. Uh, no, in an interview with The Hollywood Reporter, Robert Patrick uh, says, Billy Idol was set to do the role, as I understand. I can tell you that I saw Billy's image when I went to San, Stan Winston, who was the SFX makeup producer, after I got the role. Unfortunately, he got into a motorcycle ac- accident and busted up his leg, so he wasn't able to do physically what the role demanded. Hmm. Which was run like a robot. Yeah, yeah. Just do that. Yeah. Can you imagine though, like Billy Idol, like as the T one thousand. Billy Idol. Yeah. I'm wild. I feel like that would be too distracting. Eh, like, he doesn't really have to do much, you yeah. know. Yeah. But I mean, just in terms of like, I'm watching Billy yeah, Idol. Now, yeah. Not yeah. It, yeah, that's I, where my head would be. I think. All right. Next one. Linda Hamilton suffered permanent hearing loss filming Terminator 2. That, I believe. That woman had to fire so many freaking guns. Yeah. She yeah. She and does. she's true. like around a lot of explosions and stuff like that. She I'll did. go true. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. That's true. Nailed it. Uh, according to James Cameron, Linda Hamilton took out her earplugs in between takes and the elevator shootout scene and forgot to put them back in with dire consequences. Uh, when a fake gunshot sounded, she instantly and permanently received hearing loss in one of her ears. Ugh. That sucks. Yeah. Sorry, Linda. That's a loud scene, too. Yeah. I feel yes. like if I if, if I would have had to to pick the scene that did it, that oh might yeah, have been the, like one. that's kind yeah. of what you guess because yeah, it's yeah. that like tinny like like yeah like yeah really sharp pops. Mm-hmm. All right, got one more. Got you one more. Ready? Let's do it. All Let's right. do it. The heat from the steelworks set was so intense that the production set up s- several AC tents for actors and crew. Arnold Schwarzenegger reportedly rushed to the aid of an extra after they collapsed from heat exhaustion and provided medical help until EMTs arrived. True or false? False. It's not even a real like uh, iron iron place. They all recreated that fate. That... Yeah, I'm gonna. Hmm. I, I want to believe that he would do that. That he mm-hmm. would help his fellow man like that. But yeah. uh, that's the believable part uh, that, of this that, lie. That, yeah. Outright lie. False. You guys really. Yeah. Come on, yeah, that, that's an outright lie. It's yeah. just oh, outright. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you made the whole thing up. That. Yeah, so the Great. steelworks set was actually pretty cold. 
Yeah. Uh, the vat of molten steel was actually a mus much less dangerous substance, which needed to be kept fairly cold to maintain correct consistency. Uh, to maintain the illusion that the characters were in scorching hot environment, they were constantly being topped with spray on fake sweat. And we got the lie uh, from something that Sandra Bullock did. In our Brandis crisis, so San uh, she saved a crew member suffering from heat exhaustion. So Sandra Bullock oh, wow. is the hero. Yes. Sandra Bullock is the real hero. Uh, so yeah. the moral of the story is Sandra Bullock is our hero here. And that's that's it for me. Right. Torf. 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 Good quality Torf. Yeah. I need a vacation. Let's just get into the, of course, the most important. I mean, yeah. tied for most important. There's yeah. things you didn't know, and then there's Calibro, your. That's, you mean mine, the most important <laughs> one. Yours is the, the most, most important, important one. Yeah. yeah. How would Nicolas Cage improve this film? Of course he would. There was no distinct. There's no. There's no argument there. We're he, just talking about how there? much it better how much? it should yeah. be. Who sure. he who he would be. I'm uh, I'm going the Joe Joe Morton route. Really? Yeah. Oh, I think you Joe Morton's perfect. Yeah. Uh no, I I don't think so, man. I like he. Joe Morton, you gotta feel real sorry for Joe Morton. Is like an everyman. Yeah. Like a, he's just like. Uh, just, just super innocent. Aw shucks. Yeah. Oops, I Cage, made the apocalypse. Cage, like, Cage could play that. And, like the thing is, is that like what Cage does well is convey emotion or exaggerate emotion, <laughs> and the whole point of the Terminators is to not do that. Yeah. So like it's kind of. You know, I, do think, I think I think Cage. I guess what I'm trying to say is like, Joe Morton accepted the fact the fate that like he's gonna murder his work is gonna murder three billion people in a very joe morton way i'm just trying to say nicholas cage might you know come to that harsh reality in a different and more but he could slightly do, he would, louder way i was gonna yeah. say he would do it in a way that steals the thunder like joe morton did what joe morton needed to do in that scene like be I, kind of sullen and like upset i do also feel like the i don't no. Oh, oh my much longer I can hold this. Like yeah. I feel like that. I, I feel like Cage's version of that would have been similar. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like true. Stanley yeah. Goodspeed, yeah. right? Or yeah. whatever. Like, what, what's the, what's the name of Stanley his character? Goodspeed? Yeah, yeah. from the, the Rock. Rock. Yeah, mm -hmm. like he kind of played a guy like that. Yeah, it's just like I don't know. I think that I think that movie, that movie, uh, that role leaves a lot of room for emotion, and that's what I'm looking for in a cage performance. Mm -hmm. He can also be one of the terrible, like the doctors in the in the uh, in the mental facility. Yeah, you know who I wanted to be, and Wait. this is uh, give me raising Arizona Nicholas Cage as Todd. That's what I was gonna say. Todd was my pick. Yeah. Yeah. Nicholas Cage yelling, "Shut Madonna. up, you yeah. piece of shit!" Like yeah. that would that's that is where Nicholas Cage really like brings the cage to the party. Yeah, in, in that role, I think that's that's a because those scenes become instantly more. More memorable, I think. Oh yeah, Nicholas Cage is there, and so that's a way to to like elevate an already perfect movie. Yeah, so. I would say that's for me the only pick. Like I would like any other role, I think wouldn't be as good. But Todd, Todd. he would make a great Todd. Yeah, I would love to see it. I'm trying to get him on set more than one day. <laughs> yeah, listen, this movie's expensive enough. No, I understand. I understand. Yeah. So. Um, listen, I think we can skip the masterpiece discussion because uh, yes, oh, come on. we've already had hundred percent. Yeah, that's what we've been talking yeah. about for the last hour. Um, who's your MVP? Sarah, Sarah Connor. Is it Sarah Connor or is it Linda Hamilton? That's a ooh. oh oh. Where in the Twain do they meet? I think Sarah Connor. Yeah, because you have that incredible arc from the Terminator. Like she becomes an entirely different character. Um, she is a badass, but she's also very maternal. 
Uh, and also, I don't know if we've talked about lines yet, but I feel like a really underrated monologue is when they're in the Dyson house and she's yeah. like, you men only know how to just like, there's so many yeah. good monologues, which also is a credit to Linda Hamilton. But yeah, overall MVP, Sarah Connor. Sarah Connor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would agree with her on that. I would agree with you. Sarah Connor. It's, it, it, it's either Sarah Connor or it's James Cameron. Yeah. And James yeah. Cameron is yeah. no slouch in this movie. Yeah. I just think like. It's Sarah Connor's this is story. Like, it's this Linda is Hamilton's. The first time he's gonna break the like highest grossing movie mo- movie of all time, right? Kind of thing. I mean, and it's a sequel. It's sequels, sequels are always hard to make. It's there's very few trilogies, and all of which are very beloved. When the second movie is the most beloved movie in right. it, and, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's I guess, second act of the opera. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess or whatever. I wouldn't call. Terminator 3 uh, trilogy. No, we I don't talk call, about I mean, Terminator. That, that I wouldn't call the, it a movie. That is the weird thing about yeah. the legacy of this movie is like there's sort of a uh, I am become death kind of energy <laughs> yeah. to the uh, like all of the just insufferable sequels that it spawned. Yeah. Although uh, Dark Fate is not a bad uh, And Sarah, well, Connor Sarah Connor Chronicles. Thank you. Yeah, yep. yeah, 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 yeah. Thank yeah. you. Exceptions, rules, all that, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I mean, I, I, think it's, I think it's Linda Hamilton. Yeah. Just because, like, it, you know, every everything that, that James Cameron put in place to make this movie work, like, it doesn't. If mm-hmm. the core of the movie yeah. isn't so so well done, like, mm-hmm. Linda Hamilton's work on this is is the thing that, like, sells it, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, in the same way that you need the practical side of the effect to sell the CG side of the effect, like, you need the heart and the soul of the movie to sell a frankly bonkers conceit. Yeah. Like, this is the least, like, intimate, the least grounded conceit for a movie that you can get yep. which is just like an artificially intelligent robot assassin from the future is coming back to kill your son because mm-hmm. later he's, he's it's like wait what hang on but it's such a, a touching and heartwarming movie yeah in, in spite of all that you know exactly where the important stuff is and it's it's it begins and ends with with linda hamilton yeah and you can't imagine an, another person in that role no. like i can't like it's linda hamilton or bust yeah i mean you, you know there might have been other other actors that that could have done a, a really great job and yeah. the movie would have been just as successful yeah. but it, it there it wasn't it was linda hamilton and she she nailed it although so. i will say uh, another very good sarah connor is lena hetty in mm-hmm. the sarah connor chronicles i did enjoy dark Fate. Right? It's, that's I liked it too. Doesn't, doesn't belong on any uh, well, lists, I no. think. Other than, like, you know, maybe we could do the Terminator movies in chronological order. <laughs> or, like, in release order. You know, like, maybe yeah. it deserves to be on that list. Yeah. Where did it end up on your list before we open this off-limits envelope? I don't Alex? think mine's going to be a giant shock. It's my number one. Number like, one. It's my favorite movie of all time. Something's got to be number one. Something's got to be number one. Yeah. And I think I'm the first of us to get a, a numero uno. So I'm a little mm-hmm. honored. Um, yeah, no, there's like no competition. It's my favorite movie of all time. Don't think it'll ever be topped. Fantastic. Uh, it's just snuck on on my list. I'm a, it's at 100 for me. 100? That, that it was oh. the last one you put hey, on there. It's there, man. What a, what a pick, though. How I'm at you, one and you're... you talk the way yeah. that you've talked about it this whole time? Because it's, it's great. Because like, I don't have like the childhood um, emotional attachments to it that i think you guys do. no i didn't I mean, watch until high school i that's my excuse yeah. Yeah. i mean it was for independence day anyway so yeah. which I'll, I'll use it i'll really use it high for this which also wasn't really high on my list um but this is uh it's it's seven yeah for me number seven, seven. top ten top ten so we got a one and we got a seven and uh let me see real quick uh about dan da- oh wow i don't know how i feel about this i it's, it was Dan's number seven too. Wait, that's weird. That puts me on the same. Wait, what are the chances of that? Dan? 
I don't like that. Um, Wait, but like we got three people in their top ten, and then yeah, still so on your on, list. It was yeah, on all four, four of the it was on all four lists. Someone's number one, and two people's top ten. Let's see. Here and we go. It's got a clock in pretty da, da, high. Da, 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 da. That's the back. You found a top ten. <laughs> Dan, you found a top 10 final ranking to be revealed in a future episode. Oh, so it's top 10. What? So it is top 10, but we don't know which. Dan, Wait, you sneak. He left. Dan left. What the f is this? He, he left. Was, I'm going to f***ing say all the f***s I want now because it is ridiculous that he expects people to watch. Push. Watch. And what, what have we been talking about? Like, I'm an hour, an hour. What? hour, hour and a half. I wanted to know. To I'm just throwing in a f***. What? <laughs> Dan, to be continued? Are you kidding me? We are not responsible for this. You found a top ten, and the way that he phrased it on here was, "You found a top ten. Congratulations! Here's your golden ticket." We didn't win anything. No, this isn't a. Please watch the next episode. I'm sorry if this didn't. Yeah, hopefully we find out we can actually rank a movie next week. But the movie that we will be talking about next week is Vertigo. Hopefully it's not pitch, in our top 10 because we'll never know where it lands. I, yeah, I'm rooting for it to be ranked <laughs> much lower than that so we can actually find out what uh, uh, what it's ranked. Uh, but thank you for talking Terminator 2 with mm -hmm. me. Thank you for being here to listen to us talk about Terminator 2. Thank you, of course, again to Tayo Yakin, who's producing for us, Ryan Franz in our TD, Jamie Parslow, who is uh, scribbling something on a whiteboard. But you know what? I'm in my outro, man. I'm not even going to look nope. anymore. It's too late. You in blew. the zone. Um, and Dan... God, go to hell. Yeah. Go to what honestly. Just, I Damn can't it, Dan. believe you, you ruin too. everything. So once again, Dan is not he getting a left. thank you. <laughs> He's on a plane right he, now. He like, knew what was coming. He, he was knew like, it was Peace. coming. Uh, but we'll see you guys next week. Thanks again. Bye. Bye, everybody. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues. And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.